Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, welcome, welcome to the end of 2020 and possibly the beginning of 2021, depending on when you're listening to this episode. I see blue skies ahead. I am super fired up about the future and not just because uh, we got a new year and we got a vaccine for COVID coming and things like that, but also because Stephanie Goss and I are doing our strategic planning masterclass on Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of January. We are going deep. We are working on your practice with you in workshop style as we do. This is open to the public. You can absolutely grab a spot for yourself. It is free to Uncharted members. If you're thinking about an Uncharted membership, it's a good reason to go ahead and pull the trigger because this one is free if you are an Uncharted member. Also, we have the Uncharted Practice Manager Summit. It is on February. It starts the evening of the 11th, runs all day the 12th, half day on Saturday the 13th. It is only open for practice managers. It is working with me and Steph, a few of our closest uh, friends and people that we uh, look up to and respect and admire, and it is going to be super dope, and we would love to have you there only if you're a practice manager. But that is open to the public as well. It is uh, cheaper for Uncharted members, open to everybody. Head over to UnchartedVet.com. I'll put links down in the show notes, but I would love to see you at one or both of those events. We also have a mas- a series of masterclasses with uh, Jen Galvin, who if you're an Uncharted person, you know. She does a lot of work with us. She is doing inventory management and it's broken up into different sections and modules to help you get the parts that you need. And it is going to be fantastic. It starts in uh, February, January, February and runs all the way through April. So like I said, series of modules. It's an all inclusive uh, price is $2.99 for all the modules. Uh, you can check that out. I'll put a link to that. You can learn more in the uh, UnchartedVet.com as well. Guys, without further ado, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me <laughs> and Stephanie. Get her done, Goss. <laughs> oh man how's it going andy oh it's it's crazy it's so crazy it's we're a week away from christmas eve as we're recording this and uh tomorrow is the last day of school in air quotes <laughs> it's a half day and the kids will be streaming a movie together as a class oh. and i'm like and one kid one kid i love this kid this is this is my soul my uh my soulmate my my child apparently lives at someone else's house because there was someone who who would not be like who would not get past the idea is like i don't like that movie and i can watch whatever i want like right now like i don't understand why i have to watch the movie that you picked out it was home alone like i don't i've seen that it's not that good and I want to watch Death Star Nine, Aww. and uh, and just I was, I was listening to the teacher explain to him why he couldn't just stream the movie he wanted. He had to watch the movie with them. <laughs> and I was like, I love that kid so much. That's me. That's so me. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch this movie. I am perfectly capable of watching another movie, and that's what I want to do. I mean, to that kid's credit, it's not like they're sitting in the classroom together. So if he wants to watch, you know, whatever he's going to watch, nobody's going to be the wiser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just heard that. I was like, that's going to be someone special employee. And in, 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 about, in about 15 years, that kid will be employee someone special employee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, uh, oh my god that's an entrepreneur uh at age nine <laughs> we're off the rails <laughs> so you asked me how i was and here we are <laughs> oh man i'm excited today we've got a good one from the mailbag yeah so uh we got a big picture question and it's funny because when I first saw this one I was like oh great let's record this episode because I have no idea how to answer this question in my own clinic Um, (laughs) so I think it's something that we all deal with it's a it's a good one the question was how do or should leaders of a practice help their teams understand that big change is a slow and tedious process when the team is super frustrated with how things are going. And so their specific example was that, um, you know, team members come to them with concerns. And then the response from those team members is that they feel like their issues aren't being heard. Because the change that they want to see is not immediate. And so 
the leader was saying it's hard because we're validating their concerns. We're agreeing that change is needed, but that and and we have explained maybe even what we're working on and how we're working on it. But when things haven't done a 180 in a matter of days, weeks or even months, the team members are super frustrated. And I know from my perspective as a manager, what I have heard from team members to, to my face is we don't even bother telling you anymore because you don't change it anyways. And so this person was like, you know, I was that team member at the beginning of my career where I wanted things to be changed and I wanted it to be fixed because I could see that it needed to be fixed. And now from a leadership perspective, I see the long game and I see that that the big things, culture, systems, all of those big unwieldy monsters in practice, those are hard for everybody, but they're also a long game. They are not short-term changes to change them in the right way um, and to create a foundation. And so this person was saying, you know, I'm just feeling really lonely as the captain because I know it's a long course to turn a ship around. And so I just need some help in how do I, how do I try and get that, get through on that with my team a little bit? Yeah, I love this. This is a, this is a great, this is a great one. I have, I have, I have thoughts. I have strong feelings. (laughs) I would be really worried if you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I have, I have strong feelings. All right. I love it. Um, I hear this all the time, especially as your business gets bigger. Yep. This is a big thing, right? I I think I've said it a number of times. 20 is the magic number in my experience from what I've seen anecdotally and what we've seen in Uncharted is when you have 20 employees, a lot of different things happen. That is the size where communication gets harder, where everybody doesn't see everything that you do, things like that. You have people that don't necessarily work at the same time, but generally somewhere around the size of 20 is when I feel like this gets exponentially harder. When you have a practice that's less than 20, uh, everybody sees what's going on and everybody, there are no secrets when there's nine of you. And so this seems to get bigger as people go on. And I think it feels like a new problem to a lot of people where they're like, I don't remember this being a thing in the past. It's like, well, it wasn't because you had 12 employees and now you've got 23 and uh, and it's a different beast and you're not as easily visible as you used to be. So, yeah, there's a lot we can do. Um, this is an important leadership skill. Like this is this is one of the really important things that uh, business owners and managers, they, they need to know and think about. And no one teaches you this until today because <laughs> I'm going to teach it to you. <sighs> All right. Lay it on us. All right. We're going to do it like we always do. Let's start with Headspace. Uh, well, do you want to work with an example? Do we have an example? Um, let's just make up. Let's make up a fictitious example that that gives us something to really dig into. Oh man! All right, let me think about this for a second. What's a, what's a change? What's a change that we would make that is going to take some time and that people would feel like? I mean, I guess we could say general cultural improvement. You know, we could talk about. Um, like a bullying type behavior, because you can't usually just fix that overnight, especially if you're in a, a bigger organization. Um, what do you think? Yeah, one one that really comes to mind that's that's pretty common and definitely usually takes a longer time to deal with is like the front versus back, right? Like when you have that environment, because it's multifactorial. And usually when you're dealing with personalities, uh, that's not something you change overnight. Yes. All right. Here we go. All right, let's, we'll use front versus back. Uh, the, the front and the back are not getting along, and they have complained, and both have separately complained to you as the practice owner slash manager slash person in charge, right? Okay, cool. Let's play with this. First thing is headspace. All right, so um, number one is empathize. So here's the thing. These people are not complaining because they're mad or they're bad they just they don't see what you're doing behind the scenes right they don't see the work that you're doing they don't understand the challenges they have that you have they don't understand why we can't just stop the clinic lock the doors and fix the problem and you go that's insane it's not insane in their mind they expect to see things happening and for you the all-powerful practice owner or boss to rip your flaming raging sword of justice from beneath your desk take some heads and send a message to the front desk that you are not to be trifled with like that that's in their mind that's what 
they're looking at. And we know as good practice owners and managers and leaders, that's not good. Like the, the, do not unsheath the flaming raging sword of justice. Just don't do it. And so keep that thing sheathed. And, and, and the diplomatic approach, it takes longer. And it is a process. And people don't like processes. They want flaming, raging justice. So empathize. If it was you and you hadn't owned a business or managed people, you would feel the same way. Why isn't this getting fixed? And so it just helps me to assume good intent, to to recognize these people don't have all the information, and they're not going to. And even if you told them, they still wouldn't understand. Because these are the things that you do not understand until you are the one in the captain's chair. So start with empathy. Um, Number two is realize this is all politics. And again, I hate politics, but this is politics. We have got to do two things at the same time. We have got to make the change and we have got to control perception that change is being made. And those are that is the second act in the trick that most people do not get early in their careers. It's only after going through this a couple of times and feeling this frustration and feeling beaten up that you realize there's more to this magic trick than what you were led to believe at the beginning. It's so funny. You know, people, uh, we get in and we focus and we're like, ah, we got, you know, I, I have got to learn how, I've got to learn how to make changes in my practice. I have got to learn how to change our culture. I have got to figure out how to fix this front versus back problem. And that is step one of two, right? And people charge in with step one and they, and they don't realize they're step two. Step two is I have got to buy patience and buy in and make my team feel heard and seen while I execute step one. And sometimes just telling them about step one is not enough. In fact, sometimes it flat out doesn't work. The, what, what it reminds me of when we talk about things like this, where, where the team is like, why isn't this going faster? And why isn't this happening? And blah, blah, blah. It reminds me a lot of how I teach exam room communication, where I say, guys, this is all theater. This is all theater. And that doesn't mean that you're not doing great work. You are doing great work. But you need to present it theatrically because the pet owners don't know what you're doing when you do a physical exam. And they don't realize all the information that you're getting. And they do not see all the processes in your mind. And they don't understand that you're quickly moving towards a diagnosis that they could never in a million years get to by Googling things. Because they don't see any of it because it's invisible. And so we have got to make the invisible visible. We have got to put on the show so that they see the value in what we do. That is exactly what I'm talking about right here. Put on the show. This is theater. And the last part of the headspace is to realize that you do not have a change problem in this scenario. You have a perception problem. And as a different thing, and we fix it differently. So a lot of times people say, well, Andy, I have to change faster. I have to work faster. I have to do things that I'm not allowed to do or able to do or that's feasible to do because the team is getting frustrated. You do. Nope. That's not correct. I mean, it feels that way. And that is the simple explanation. That is not the correct one. That is that is the trap explanation. That is the false path. The true path is this is a perception problem. And while you do the good thing, the good plan, the good strategy that you have, you have got to also control perception. And so I'll give you an example. I, um, what do I mean when I say it's a perception problem versus a real problem? I remember there was one time, um, it was, this was years ago, and I was, um, I was working. So I was working real hard. Uh, I was working real hard. Uh, at the clinic and then also uh, I think we were getting uncharted just started and things like that and uh, my wife was she was teaching abroad so she she runs a course that goes to Ecuador uh, for like three or four weeks so my wife goes to Ecuador I've got the kids and I'm and I'm still working I'm, I'm working a lot so I'm juggling a lot of balls and uh, shout pause here shout out to all the single parents out there I don't know how you do it you're amazing and much love and respect uh, for me uh, right now. So anyway, I got the kids and my parents said, Hey, do you want to come up here? And I was like, yes. And I, uh, yes, I do for a weekend. So it was a weekend trip. So I drive the kids up to my parents' house and I get there and I hand the kids off. And essentially my idea is this is great. 
my parents can hang out with my kids and I can get my work done and catch back up on all the things I haven't been getting done because I've been single parenting while doing my regular workload that is not set up for me to be a single parent. And so I disappear into, into the, into the guest bedroom where I'm staying. And, uh, you know, I come out for every now and then. And at the end of the weekend, my dad said, you know, son, I'm concerned about the relationship you have with your kids. And I said, what? And he was like, you just don't, you're just not a very, you're just not very present. And man, that cut me to the bone. You know what I mean? Like I was, I mean, having your, your parents say that to you, you're just like, oh my God. And I, I was really upset and really troubled. And, and, and later on, I called my brother and I said, look, man, this is what happened. And then, and then uh, dad said, he said this. And dude, I, 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 I'm just like, I'm just trying to process this. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel. And my brother said, Andy, you have a perception problem. Like, I've seen you around your kids, and I've come and visit, and you have a great relationship, and you do all, you're like one of the most involved dads I know, which is why it, it bothered me so much, because I'm like, I do not see myself that way at all. He's like, I see you around your kids. I, I know the relationship that you have. And what happened was they saw a specific thing that was happening at a specific time and expectations were different. And you were doing what you needed to do at that time, but they don't see the rest of the time. And so they're making assumptions based on what they saw. That's a perception problem. And I've never forgotten that. And there are so many times when you don't have a real problem, you have a perception problem. I don't have a problem spending time with my kids. I'm super involved with my kids and we're super, super tight, especially during COVID more so. But the perception my parents got was different because I did not control or address that perception. That is that is the exact problem when we talk about change is slow and people are impatient. You don't have a change problem. You have a perception problem. And so that's headspace for me. What would you add to that? The other things that I would say is to not take pushback from the team personally. This is a re- has been a really hard one for me personally. You know, it's really hard. Like you said, when you're when a parent, your parent makes a comment to you that you they're concerned about your relationship with your kid like that that cuts to the bone. And it's the same way I know for me, you know, when I had a team member look at me and say, well, we just don't bother telling you anything because you never do anything about it. Like that hurts. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, especially when you're like, I am doing, like <laughs> I am laying down for you guys every yes. day. You know, like yes. I am doing, I, I, yeah, I am trying <laughs> to serve you guys is my philosophy. And you look at me in the face and say, you don't ever do anything about yes. it. So we don't tell you <laughs> yes. like, Oh, and that's when the flaming, <laughs> raging sword of justice comes out. Everyone is fired. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard not to reach for that sword. And and, <laughs> and at the same time, now that you say that, looking back, it's a perception problem because what I was angry about was all the things that I knew in that moment that they didn't see and couldn't see. Because a lot of times when we're talking about change like this and the example of front versus back when we're talking about personalities, a lot of those conversations are HR conversations and no one can know about what's going on behind closed doors in those conversations for a very good legal reason, right? And so the, it is invisible to the team. And so it is very much a perception problem. And they they can't and won't know about those things. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so getting out the flaming rage and sort of justice and chopping everybody's heads off, well, it's definitely the feeling you might have in the moment. It doesn't... Oh, it would feel so good. <laughs> it would feel so good right now. Don't do it. It, do, it doesn't do any good. And the reality is it's not... Don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's 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 not about you at all. And so that that I think is really important part, particularly if you're dealing with personalities. And then the other piece, and this is a lesson that I have learned time and time again in the clinic, is that no one likes change, particularly in veterinary medicine. <laughs> we are we are very stuck in our ways. We are very behind the times. There are very few people like you and I who are change junkies in veterinary medicine. But when people are ready, they're ready and they want it five days ago. Like they don't want to wait. And so when your team gets to that point where they are ready for the change, recognize that they don't have the capacity to wait anymore because they've already been in that place where they didn't want the change. And now they've been brought about for whatever reason to the place where they do want change and they're going to want it faster than you can ever deliver it. And you can't take that, that, that personal. It's just a reality. And if you go into it knowing that and choosing to accept that, you'll be a lot better off. 
in the end has been my personal experience. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that, that is absolutely exactly true. So, um, I look at one of the reasons that I really like saying this is a perception problem is because a lot of us are validated or invalidated by the feedback we get from our team. If you are one of those people, and, and a lot of people listening to this podcast are, because this is kind of, uh, I think we preach to this to this audience. If you are someone who believes that serving your team is truly important, and that's what it means to be a good leader and a good boss and a good doctor uh, is to serve, then having your team say to you, you're not you're not listening or you're not doing it, or we don't tell you because nothing happens, it feels like a condemnation of all of your efforts. And it's this negative external uh, feedback that can really affect you. I really like explaining the perception problem. And that's why I go so deep into it. And that's why I give sort of a painful, personal, private kind of example uh, of it is because that's how it feels is like when, when you feel hit in, in your core values and you feel, you feel like, you you feel invalidated for all, all the sacrifices and struggles that you made. And so it, it hits people in more of an emotional way than, than most would expect. When you recognize it's a perception problem, it lets you avoid that trap and say, I get it. You don't see what I'm doing. I reject the idea that I don't do anything about it. That is simply, that is not true. I am not going to accept that feedback. I'm not going to internalize that feedback, but I'm going to understand that you feel that way. And I can understand why you would feel that way. It's not true. And I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to beat myself up with that switch. I'm not, I'm not going to. And I, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, that was, I, I, I spent probably six or nine months down a very dark rabbit hole after getting that kind of feedback from my team because I did take it personally. And I, and that was that what you just said is totally true. I felt all of those things. I felt like I am, I, I want, have always wanted to be a servant leader. I would do anything for my team. I care about them as people. I care about them as colleagues. I care about their development. I care about all of those things. And when you take, something that you care very deeply about and someone shakes it that way the same way for you with the conversation with your dad like that it it really really hurts and it's hard to it it's hard to wrap your head around your emotions and at the same time if you take it personal and you get caught up in the emotions it makes it even harder to move around that and continue to change. I mean, I marinated in that place for a long time. And let me tell you, nothing got done because I was just like, well, screw you guys. Why would I want to, why would I want to do things for you? Like, you know, it was, to me, it was the ultimate F you. And I was like, well, why am I doing any of this? You know, you feel, you feel wildly unappreciated. And and the truth is you are unappreciated. (laughs) Why? Because they don't perceive the work that you're doing. And so just getting your head into the idea and understanding that it's not a change problem. It's not an effort problem. It's not a you problem. It's a perception problem. I think that that is liberating in a big way. So that's, that's the headspace for me. Okay. Like that, that's, that's what I think people need to know going in. Let me emphasize one sort of one thing that you said as well. I completely agree that people don't want to change and they don't want to change and they don't want to change until they hit their breaking point And then they want change to have happened yesterday. And now they're angry and they're upset. And this should have been done. Just know that that's a reality in people. And they will they will push back against you trying to change and push back against you trying to change. And then they'll be mad at you because you didn't make the change fast enough right. when they finally broke. <laughs> that's, just, that's just people. Don't, yep. don't, again, do not let that affect your feelings of yourself and your value. Don't let that, uh, you know, taint your views of the job that you're doing. That's just how people are. Yeah, totally. And so know that, just know that that's it. Okay, cool. Because because And I reemphasize that because it's a big part of our strategy of what to actually do. Yes. All right, cool. You ready to move into some action steps? I totally am. Here we go. Uh, Front versus back. I don't want to spend too much time walking through all the steps here because a lot of these are about how do you actually make change, right? So a big part of it is getting the team together, getting buy-in that there is a problem, talking to them about ways that they could uh, improve communication, making them understand that everyone is important and everyone is doing the best job that they can do. And I get the impression all of this was done from our mailbag yes. uh, asker, yep. right? Mm-hmm. They yep. were like, I did all the classic stuff. So I don't, I don't spend too much time on how do I make a plan? How do I get the team to buy into the plan? Let's just make a plan, get the team to buy into the plan. Like that's step step one. 
And so we do it, and we get them together, and we try to get team buy-in, and we decide what we're going to do, and blah, 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 and we make the plan, okay? So the next phase beyond that is how do we get them to understand this plan is going to take time? Yes. And if I tell them this plan is going to take time, they'll say, yes, and then a week later, they'll still be like, why isn't this done yet? Right, yep. I know you said it would take time, but it's been like six days. Yep. Uh, and yep. you're like, that's not time. That's just, that's that's not time. Okay, so... Make, let's say we make a good plan and we um, and we're going to implement it, but we have to talk to people and we have to document behaviors. Yes. And we, you know, it may be that we have to, we have to give people time to change their behavior. Yes. And if they don't change their behavior, then there may be a uh, termination process for some people or things like that that we may even go that far. I don't know, but that definitely takes time. So what do we actually do? Be upfront about the fact that this is a long-term effort and set expectations. And somebody, um, it was funny. Uh, so Dustin Bays does our podcast editing uh, and he's taken over in the last few months. And man, he's awesome. If you've noticed a significant increase in the sound quality and stuff of these podcasts, it's because Dustin's awesome. And he has nothing to do with that medicine, but he, but he has to listen to our podcast. And he, uh, he and I were talking about something unrelated. And he said, I've been listening to a podcast recently. And I said, it sounds to me like the problem here is a failure to set clear expectations. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> That's amazing. It's funny. It's like it's like when one of your kids says something back to you and you realize that that's how you sound to them. Like you know, like like they've clearly picked this up. It's like when they use a phrase and you're like, I had no idea that I said that phrase all the time. Uh-huh. But now that I realize this person, you know, has like completely been inundated with this phrase, I now I'm like, Oh, I say that all the time. Uh-huh. And so it's just awesome that Dustin had been on the job exactly like three weeks and he was like, Sounds to me like failure set expectations. Setting expectations is important. Yes. Remember, people don't get upset about what you give to them. They get upset about the difference between what they got and what they expected to get. Yeah. Like that, that is it. Same thing with your team. Yep. They don't get upset with how long it takes you to do a thing. They get upset about the difference between how long they imagined it would take you to do the thing and how long it actually takes. Yep. That's the problem. Yep. And so we have got to adjust their expectations. <laughs> and so one of the things I'll say is, guys, in the next six months, we are going to fix this problem. Right. This is going to be a program. And they're going to be like, six months. I'm like, yep. Yep. In the next six months, this is what we are working on. Yeah. And now what happens is, and the reason you don't want to do this is because you say that and they're like, but I wanted it fixed yesterday. Six months. Yeah, that's so long. Do it. Make them feel that way right now because... It's better for them to be unhappy right now when they realize that your magic wand is in the shop and you can't fix it today. Right. <laughs> then for them to set their own rid- ridiculous expectation. Right. Of it being a week and a half and their life will be radically different. Same thing with same thing with the pet owner. Right. It's the same thing with the pet owner. Like, do not tell them everything is going to be great. Do not tell them everything's going to be fine. Tell them that this is going to be a challenging procedure and there's going to be rehabilitation and we cannot guarantee an outcome. And then when it works great, you're a superstar. And when it doesn't work great, you were accurate in your prediction and they have been prepped for what they're going through. Yes. Same thing with the team. Yes, I agree. And I I love that you said it that way because that is... That is usually the tone of voice that that they're using because they're like, "What? I don't understand why this didn't happen last week." But the but the reality is like it, it is your spot your spot on. I think about the classic skin case that comes in. You know mm-hmm. when you don't start off that conversation by saying, "Okay, Fluffy has got some serious skin disease going on." And this is going mm-hmm. to be a lifelong maintenance project. And let's just talk yeah. oh, about they don't what that hear looks that. like. They want to hear, right. I have a shot and it will be done. Like, that's right. what they want. It's right. the exact same thing. Right. I love it. Great and, analogy. And, and it's totally, it's the same with your team. And I think, you know, we're talking about front versus back. And a lot of times when I have dealt with that problem, there have often been inconsistencies or inequalities with the schedule. And that's one of the things that sets people off. And so that was actually my example for letting them understand how long it can actually take. For me, one of the strongest tools in my tool belt here as a manager that I have learned is letting them experiment with little pieces of the whole, right? It's like with the owners with the skin disease, it's like, okay, we're setting the expectation. We're talking about the fact that this is going to take a long time to fix. And 
let's talk about what you can try right now. And you're going to give them a little piece of it to try and work on. It's the same with the team. They have to have little chunks to experiment with that you know are not going to solve the whole problem. But if they can have success and or if they can have massive failure and see how difficult it actually is going to be to solve this whole big problem, Either way, it will make them happy because they will get some sense of uh, actual scale of the problem that's sitting in, in your lap. And so for me, one of the things that I have learned how to do is, you know, the team is frustrated with the fact that the schedule keeps changing and that we have new new hires and the schedule has to be redone and they're frustrated that the back team has more staff than they do and how come the front doesn't have extra bodies and all of those kind of things one of the best one of the best things that I have done is said okay you guys are going to do the schedule for the next two weeks. And I want you to put together a team schedule. And here are all the parameters. And these are all the things that you need to look at. Have at it and let me know when you're done. And every single time they have come back to me and said, holy crap, I had no idea how long it took (laughs) to actually do that thing. But that tool enables them to have some buy-in. It's the same with the pet owners. When they see the little piece of the bigger picture and they understand how difficult it actually is, it usually helps become them become more involved and active players in the big picture because they see what a struggle it what a struggle it is. And so for me that's the first place that I really start is what is a little piece of this challenge? What is a little piece of the puzzle that you can give them and say, go go to town. Let's see what you can do with this. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to realize how difficult your job is and why change is hard and why it's not happening overnight. Or they're going to think outside the box and they're going to bring an idea to the table that you didn't think of that might be a awesome win, right? And that's that's great. If they can do it, awesome. It's not going to hurt anything to let them either have their eyes opened or come up with a new idea. Yep. I completely agree. So I love that. All right, cool. So I, I, I love that. And that weaves exactly into, into kind of how I try to approach this. So I guess here's, here's my sort of action step for this process. Okay. When we want to make a significant change, like the front versus the back, mm-hmm. right? We're going to run our program of getting people to buy in. We're going to set our strategy of what we're going to do and how we're going to approach it. And the team's going to get excited about stuff. And there's going to be things that are going on in the background that they don't know about. There's going to be things beyond what the team has proposed. And that's fine. Right. And they, they don't have to. I want to take this project and I slam it on the ground and I break it into pieces. Okay. Now, people think that there is one type of piece, and that is the getting things done piece. Like this is just the, these are, these are a bunch of getting things done pieces. They're not the same piece and you need to use these pieces differently. All right. So, so walk with me for a second. When you slam this project down on the ground and you want your team to buy into it and come along with it, and you want them to be patient and support it for the long term, there are five different kinds of pieces. There's the magic trick, there's the gift, there's the buy-in, there's the real thing, and there's the empathy part. Okay. Okay. So those are the five things. Okay. I'll walk through what these are. Okay, cool. Let, let's start with the, with the stuff that people know. There's there's the buy-in thing. That is the thing where uh, I talk to the team and say, what are we going to do? And they're going to say, we're going to do some cross-training. And we're going to have one of the techs help at the front desk. And we're going to have one of the front desk work as, the, as an assistant. And then the front will see the back. And the back will see the front. And I'll go, guys, that's a great idea. I love it. Let's get that set up. And then they'll be like, yay. And it's, it's their idea. And now they're doing it. And they're like, we should have a team building event where we get together and, uh, you know, and, and get to know each other and we're going to do virtual escape rooms or we're going to do whatever we're going to do right but 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 they propose that stuff and it's the it's the and it's a step in the right direction and it's good and it's helpful and it works and we're going to do it and they're going to own it because it's their idea and so bam take those pieces they are easy to implement because the team has proposed them and they would like to do them and they feel ownership of them and go ahead and do it so there's that there is the gift the gift is the thing that you can do usually pretty quickly that the team sees as a valuable thing you have done for them. This is the guys we're going to um, 
we're going to get a new um a new whiteboard for a new whiteboard for the treatment area so everybody can see really big on the wall what's going on where people are and yes. communication tool exactly we're going to do we're going to do a program where we're going to figure out how the front and the death and the back can work together and then we're going if we get x number of the things to happen in a week then we're gonna have i'm gonna buy breakfast and coffee for everybody you know whatever it is you know what i mean but it's a clear thing it's a fun thing it comes from management and it's like guys if you do this i'll give you this hey you i'm gonna get you the whiteboard that you want hey we're gonna we're gonna try some new software to you know that's gonna lighten the load on the front desk because they have said that'd be helpful but we are gonna write that check and we're gonna do that thing and we're gonna put this thing on and there's gonna be benefits to it that's the gift right like they clearly see it and is a positive and it comes from above down to them okay, love right it. there that's number two that's number two number three is the real thing the real thing is that is the slow change behind the scenes and they don't see this and they can't see it but it has to happen yep. and it is not sexy and it's invisible but it is the real thing. And if you don't do the real thing, then you can give them some gifts and, you know, have some cross training and nothing's going to actually get done because you're not doing the real heavy lifting behind the scenes, the HR stuff that has to happen. Know that it's the real thing and know that it's invisible and just know that that's how that piece works. You've got the empathy part, which is essentially for me, it's about inducing empathy. It's exactly what you talked about, which is what are the things that I can give to them so that they can understand what we're up against? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's genius. And so if there's pieces like that, like you said, hey, why don't you guys take the schedule for two weeks or so and you figure out what you would like and then bring it back to me. And then that way I can kind of see what you like and what you guys want and incorporate it into how we go forward. Yep. Right. That is purely an empathy building yep. exercise. Mm-hmm. You guys do this and let me, let me show you what we're up against. Yep. And then the last one is the magic trick. All right. So the magic trick is it goes back to when I say it's all theater. The magic trick is what I do with one hand that is interesting and exciting and captivating while I do the real thing with my other hand. Right. And so when I said it's all theater, this is what I'm talking about. What are the things that I can do that are flashy or glitzy or get their attention while I do the real thing with my other hand? Right. And oftentimes the gifts are the magic tricks. I am going to put that whiteboard up one because it's a good idea, but two, because it is a big, clear, visible thing that you can see that I am doing. Right. And I don't know if that whiteboard is going to be the panacea or not. Right. I can tell you it's not, but it's going to go up there and we're going to use it and we're going to talk about it because it's visible and you can see it. And I'm not going to talk to you about the things that are going on in HR, but I've got you distracted with the whiteboard. So you see that I am doing something and people go, but, but Andy, are you saying that we should do things just because they're visible while we do the invisible stuff? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes we do some bullshit. <laughs> just why? Because this is a perception problem. Right. And, 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 and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to sound like Lex Luthor over here. And I don't want to sound like a villain and know that I'm doing this for the right reason and know that I'm not making work for the team. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about here's something for you guys just to do. It is a way of me looking at the piece and say, all right, we have a plan. This is what the team is bought into that they can be a part of. This is something that they can help with, which will help them understand the process and what's going on and still legitimately move our practice forward. Right. Here are the real HR things that have to go on behind the scenes that are going to take some time. Right. Here is the thing that they're excited about that I can cut a check for. And you know what I mean? And just get it done. The team building exercise they're all fired up about, stroke the check. You know, like, bam. Done. Here's a holiday thing. We're going to do this team building thing. Bang. That Yes, I'll write that check. And then the last part is the magic trick. These are the things. This is the board that we're going to put up. This is the um, check-in meetings that we're going to do. This is the update that I'm doing just to let you know that things are happening. These are fairly inconsequential details that really don't need to be shared with the team. But I'm going to share them with the team so that because this is a thing that I can that they can see. I'm going to show them this hand while I continue to work secretly with the other hand. 
right. But but this is I can I can wave my hand. Look over here. Look over here. Look at this hand. Look at this hand. And then I'm still doing the work with the other hand. Yeah. But it keeps it in their vision and stops it from being like, oh, I guess he's he's done. I guess I guess the program is now over. And in reality, <laughs> the program is half over. And I am working my butt off behind the scenes. And you guys don't appreciate the work because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I I love that. And I think sometimes the gift and this is this is where I feel like we as a field really struggle with we know that we struggle with hard conversations and a lot of times when HR stuff is involved and people and personalities are involved like this there is stuff that needs to happen behind the scenes when you if you have a situation where it really involves a toxic person or a change that you know needs like someone needs to be liberated someone needs to go like there is a problem one one of the best gifts you can give your team is to just write that check and and be done with the person and say i'm going to give you two week severance it's not working out you know we wish you the best of luck and move on and let your t- don't, your team doesn't need to know that you paid that person but you've thrown money at that problem and now you can say to them Carol is no longer a problem. I've removed the roadblock. Now let's talk about how do we fix this moving forward. Sometimes that, that it doesn't have to be money, but it can. And sometimes that's where we struggle the most as a field is either not wanting to have the hard conversations that we know we need to have or not wanting to spend the money to deal with the problem. And that is one of the best investments that you can make in your team from a from a leadership perspective is if you are talking about um, a toxicity problem, just deal with it. Deal with it behind the scenes. Don't have don't tell the whole team how you solve the problem. Don't create a HR nightmare for yourself. Just deal with the problem and say, this is now no longer a problem. So let's talk about how we're going to build a solution from here. Remove the roadblock for them. Yeah, not to muddy the waters. But now that you say that too, let me just say, and this is going to be a hard pill for some people to swallow. I do hear from uh, leaders, clinic owners, things like that sometimes. And they're like, the team is really upset about the front versus the back. And we're doing all the things. And they say, you're not doing anything. And when I look into it, I'm like, oh, well, you have this nasty person in the front that is really making life awful for everybody and they're like yeah we totally know that we're not doing anything about her but we're doing stuff about the other stuff and i'm like oh when your team says that you're not doing anything what they really mean is you're not doing anything about the thing that really matters and is making this horrible and you're doing a bunch of tangential side stuff that's easier to do you know what i mean and in that case the team kind of has the point here you know of if there is an issue and I don't address it at some point, they're not stupid. And I talk about the magic trick and look at this hand and that hand. And the reason I feel good about that, and you know, I, I pride myself on integrity above all else is what, I, is what I always like to say. The reason I feel fine about that, this magic trick is because I am moving them towards the right outcome, you know, and I am, I am working for what the practice needs and I am fighting the good fight and I'm doing what's ethically right. And I am just using magic to keep them involved in fighting the good fight. And that's, that's totally fine with me. If I'm trying to convince them that all is well, while in reality, the bully that's making them all miserable is totally entrenched and is not going anywhere. I'm kind of blowing smoke and wasting everybody's time, you know? And, and I think that that's true, too. So I, I think your point is great here. I think that goes back to me. That goes to making the making the plan. And a real plan generally involves a, a, a bit of picking your poison. Like this, there's a reason this hasn't been done in the past is because it's not super easy uh, and there's going to be some pain and you're going to have to take some pain. And that what that may mean is being a little bit more shorthanded. Uh, what it may mean is having a real hard conversation with a doctor that you uh, need to let go and you don't want to. Th- those things are all a part of it. So I love that. OK, cool. So for me, those are the those are the big things. Well, and I think you you brought up two things for me there from a leadership perspective is one of the things that we a lot of times forget when we're trying to solve these problems is that we need to narrow the audience. And so you need to look at the big picture problem and see, like, does your whole team need to re- be involved in all of it? Like, or are there are there side conversations that you need to be having that are one-on-one conversations behind closed doors or not? Like, you know, the whole team can always tell when you're having that team meeting to really address a problem that deals with one person. That's what I'm talking about. Don't have those meetings. Don't involve your team in the in the whole thing if they don't need to be involved. Like, keep them focused on the shiny, happy 
that shiny happy thing that you're that you're waving in front of them and deal with the stuff that they don't need to be involved with behind the scenes and know that your job as a leader is to help your team identify what the roadblocks are. Your job as the leader is to remove the roadblocks for them. And so that means you having the hard conversations. That may mean you liberating the toxic employee. That may mean going to the team and saying, these are our two choices. They both have, they both have, you know, repercussions and consequences. You know, do we, do we live without this fixing this issue or do we spend this money? And now maybe it means that we don't have money to give everybody Christmas bonuses, like whatever that is, your job is to deal with the roadblocks. And that's a really hard thing for us in veterinary medicine, because we have a lot of leaders who don't like conflict, who are um, very conflict averse and who are introverted people. And so when it comes to dealing with the roadblocks, that can often be an uphill battle for us. But the reality is it's their job to do all of the rest of the work along the way. Your real sole job, I think, in this kind of um, process with them is to help them ID those roadblocks and then figure out how do you help them? How do you help them move them? Yep. Cool. So just to summarize uh, our conversation, remember, this is a perception problem right? This is about them seeing and perceiving what's happening, not about what you're actually doing. So remember, it's a perception problem. Remember that setting expectations up front is key. Don't tell them what they want to what they want to hear. Tell them that this is a six month project that we are going to be prioritizing and working on. Figure out, uh, uh, figure out who you need to talk to. You do not need to update the entire team all the time. This may be a technician only conversation and I'm just going to talk to them and it's going to keep everything small. It's amazing how often we have a technician problem and we talk to the whole team and the front desk and one of the associate vets have got a lot of issues that they and you go, you guys are not involved in this problem. Why are you having issues? And, you know, and like think about who you really need to include. And the last thing is, is, is figure out what your plan is and break them into the pieces. Remember, this is all theater is about controlling perception. What are your gifts? What are your magic tricks? What are your team buy-in opportunities? What are your empathy inducers? And how to use them? And remember, I didn't say this earlier, spread your gifts and your magic tricks out. It's amazing how often you say, we're going to do this front versus back thing, and then we have Christmas. And we do all the things in the first week and a half. And then it's a six more months of work, but there are no more things. And it's not talked about. It's because we did the seven things right. I got the whiteboard. We had the team building meeting. We had all the things. Look, it's going to be a process. Space them out so that, you know, so this is an ongoing push. And a lot of it is just if you take off in a dead sprint, you will tire yourself out in a week. Pace yourself. This is a process. It's a marathon. And uh, and yeah, that's it. So those are my big things. And then get 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 the real stuff done while you're controlling the expectation. That's that's all I got. Yeah, that that was that was one of the last things on my on my list as well is that, you know, when you're climbing a mountain, everybody needs to take breaks and plan plan for it and tell your team, you know, we know that Sarah is going to be on a two week vacation in the middle of this process. And so just know that when we get to that time, we're going to pause and we're going to probably take a break and we're going to put our heads down and we're going to deal with whatever is in front of us and then we'll pick it back up. Let them know when when stuff like that is going to impact the long haul. And then the last thing from me is regular feedback makes or breaks this long-term process. If you, just like you said, Andy, if you front load everything and then they have a six-month drought where they hear nothing about what's going on, of course they're going to be pissed. And of course they're going to feel like you're doing nothing behind the scenes. You cannot communicate enough when it comes to making long-term change. And so have a plan for what that regular feedback is going to be, even if it's just to tell them, you know, we we had a, you know, we had a leadership team meeting, we were able to narrow down our options to a, a few and we're reviewing costs and we'll get back to you guys in two more weeks or whatever it is. Like it can be a tiny piece of feedback, but if you don't give it regularly to them, they will feel like you're not doing anything, even 
if you're working your butt off behind the scenes. Totally agree. All right, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, we've got um, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. Together, you and me. <laughs> we have got, uh, just looking ahead at our calendar. Yeah, we uh, do. This episode is going to come out right the first of the year. You and I have a two-day strategic planning yep. uh, masterclass yep. that we are doing. That is the two of us working uh, with people to set their plan for the whole upcoming year. And so people, um, when they're hearing this, Guys, if you want to jump in and get registered, come work with me and Stephanie. It is open to the public. It is free to Uncharted members and open to the public. So you guys can uh, can head over. I think it's two ninety nine. I think for the for the two, for the whole weekend course. But um, but you and I are doing that. If you are a practice manager and you're hearing this, Steph and I are taking the lead on the practice manager summit. It is not a conference. It is a summit. It is going to be super interactive. Lots of discussion. Lots of workshops stuff really hands-on uh come and work with me and stephanie that's in february uh i think it's february the 8th 9th and 10th i'm probably wrong yeah let me it's that it's that weekend i have to look at the calendar yeah um i am super excited about this while we're pulling the dates out for for that for you guys like i so so excited because since i started doing uncharted I love the fact that managers were included in what we were doing and I have wanted to do more. And so I am super pumped to be able to have a place in a space that is, you know, we just did the practice owners and it was awesome to have practice owners get together and really talk about the challenges, the trials and tribulations and everything you're dealing with just as a, as a practice owner. And it's that same that same thought for you and I is like, look, managing is one of the hardest jobs. It is lonely at the top. And so the ability to get everybody together and talk about what are the challenges specific to us as managers. I am so, so excited for this. It is going to be, I'm going to be at like energy level 11. The whole weekend, I'm very, very uh, excited for this, and and you were always at an eleven, so it might yeah. be a little, <laughs> it might be a little much. Oh, yeah, we've got a virtual banquet on the eleventh, which is Thursday uh, of February, and then we go all day on the twelfth, and we got a half day on Saturday the thirteenth, and then we're out. So that's the practice manager summit. But yeah, you and me are doing that. Registration is open for both of those things: the strategic planning weekend, which is. Um, it's the beginning of January. It is. It is the 9th and 10th of January. So 9th and 10th, we're doing strategic planning. And then Practice Manager Summit is in February. Uh, get your spot. Come on, hang out with us. It'll be a great time. Steph, let's wrap this thing up. That's it. That's all I got. I got nothing. Have a great have a great week, you guys. Have a happy, happy holidays. Uh, I hope everybody had happy holidays because I guess this will come out at the beginning of the new year. And... Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a I think good it's one. New Year, I think it's our New Year's Eve episode. Yeah, Woo, it's going to be a good 2020 Ooh. is going to be a good year. Blue skies ahead, guys. Talk to you later. Be well. Bye. Bye. And that's our episode. And that's our year wrapping up. Woo. <laughs> one for the books. Guys, take care. Be well. If you uh, have been loving the podcast, if if uh, if 2020 has been better because of Uncharted helping you out, uh, you can you can give us a parting gift for 2020 by doing all the things that people ask you to do for podcasts. So uh, rate and review at iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. Let people know that it's worth their time to listen to. Gang, that's all I got. See you next year. I said, I want, I want the home office back. And she's like, it's mine now. Go back to the basement where you live. <laughs> and, and now I'm back in my basement recording this podcast. Go, <laughs> go, go back to your troll cave. <laughs>